It's Mailbag Friday. We're going to get into your questions, and we're also going to get into spring football as they continue their practice with just a week in front of Jay McGillis' spring game. We'll get into all of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. It's Friday. Hallelujah, everyone. It is Friday. I don't know what it was about this week, but it seemed longer than most other weeks. I don't know. It's busy with work, busy with everything. But I'm here to talk to you about spring football as BC had another practice on Thursday and spoke with the media afterwards. And there were some interesting nuggets from some of the reporters that I want to get into their comments and talk about a little bit about some of the topics that came up. First and foremost was the offensive line. Jack Conley spoke with the reporters after practice and, uh, you know, Cannoli, if you're if you're talking Googs talk. But he had some interesting comments to say about his role in 2022. And he said, first of all, uh, in terms of playing left tackle, I didn't have much experience there. And obviously I hadn't that much. I hadn't had much experience in that situation. But I mean, that's invaluable to me going into this year. I feel so much more confident. And then he went on to say, and this is according to Andy Backstrom, and thank you for uh, transcribing this, Andy. I'm very grateful that they trust me to play left tackle, especially after last year when I had a couple downfalls and didn't play too well late in the season. It feels great that they still trust me to be there and hold it down and protect the blind side. So this is going to be one of the biggest stories heading into the season. Forget about Phil Dracovic's hand. Forget about Zay Flowers' explosiveness. It's got to be the the um jump from what he was last year to this year for Jack Conley. If Jack Conley is indeed the left tackle for next year, take a big gulp because that's a little concerning, but you also have to give him a little bit of credit that maybe he has taken that jump. Because remember, I watched him last year, and after Jeff Halfley had talked about how great he was going to be and you know that he had all the confidence in him, he looked like he was on skates, and uh, Pro Football Focus had him graded uh, really dark in the red. Uh, he was he looked very, very, very raw out there, and I don't think there's anyone even his comments say it like he looked raw. So the fact that he's going to be out there protecting Phil Jakovic's blind side and Phil Jakovic's health will depend on Jack Conley. I understand the concern there, based off of what you saw last year. That being said. There is a new offensive coordinator, a co- offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach, and as Conley said, there's an extra year. When I think back to a potential like seeing where Conley could go to, the name that comes to my mind is Aaron Montero. Aaron Montero, if you remember, was that big four-star offensive lineman from Brockton. Uh, he, I think he's still on the Panthers. He floats. He's been floating on practice squads for a couple of years now. But when he got to Boston College, they threw him right in at tackle. He was huge. I think he was like six eight three something. And I just remembered watching him and thinking to myself, "Man, that dude looks like he's playing on skates." And he he had a, his first season when he was out there would rival, I don't know if it was as bad as Conley's, but it was really bad. And Montero ended up becoming an all-ACC offensive lineman. He ended up in the NFL. So I think the the room for growth for Conley is there. But I still worry about that because it's not, like, 
when you want an anchor on your offensive line, you want that to be at your left tackle. That you know, if you've seen the blind spot or blind side, excuse me, you know how important that position is, especially with a righty quarterback. So there's going to be a ton of pressure on Conley this year, and I, I you know, it it if he takes that big step, that's great. You have you have your future left tackle. You're going to have him for three years. That's that solidifies that position. But if he is a weakness, look out. And I don't know where that's going to be, and that's going to be a storyline we're going to have to watch heading into 2022. The other interesting comment that came out was from Phil Dracovic, who talked about Emmett Moorhead, who's going to most likely be, and all signs point to it, his backup this year. Phil Dracovic said, Emmett's been playing well for a while. He's got a really strong arm, so he's just still kind of learning how to play in the pocket, but I can't wait for his chance, and he's going to be a really good player. So, reading between the line there, uh, it still sounds raw to me. I don't know. It, just hearing him say he's still learning how to play in the pocket, that that strikes to me that he's got some work to do. That's why I got my fingers crossed that for this year, two things happen for Emmett Moorhead. That he does not see the field in any meaningful snaps. Like, I don't want, I want Dracovic out there for everything that's meaningful. But... I do want B. I hope BC against Rutgers. I don't think it's going to happen against Rutgers, but against UConn, Maine, uh, maybe against a team like maybe they'll catch Syracuse napping, and Syracuse is a mess. Whatever it is, I want to see a couple games where Emmett Moorhead gets in there, and at the end of a game where it's a blowout, and he gets a chance to do more than just hand off the ball. Because yes, I know it's running up the score a little bit, but. I, one of the things I hate watching when BC is smoking another team is that they're just relying on the run. If you've got a pa- backup passer in there, a backup quarterback, use him. Let him get those reps. Let him get those live reps. So I, you know, we don't have, we haven't seen a lot of that under Halfley. Two thousand twenty, it was the COVID year. They only had uh, Texas State, and they had to come back to win that game. Last year, Jakovic went down, so that didn't really count against UMass. This year. You want to hope that Moorhead gets those opportunities because that will be big for him, along with playing with the twos in practice. But for me, that comment, it sounds great. I mean, like he's got some potential coming up. But again, just like with the with the Conley stuff, get a little bit uh get the little bit of the help, heart palpitations if if Dracovic was to go down. But I had that before reading more uh Jakovic's comments. Jakovic, and to kind of wrap it up, there was other things. Um Pat Garbo talked about his love of football. I mean playing soccer. Phil Dracovic talked about Dino Tom. I mean, it's like nothing really all that interesting, but there was some stuff you can read too, and I'll, I'll get make sure I get some of the videos up. But Dracovic talked about the new passing offense as well. And he said, I like that. I like being able to spread the field out, going empty formations, sometimes getting the running back involved in the passing game. Uh, he also said, according to Backstrom, that he mentions that Xavier Coleman is a dynamic player. So... You know, I think the offense, I'm, I'm really interested. I'm really interested to see how um, John McNulty really vision, envisions this offense. How does he see BC uh, using some of the weapons they have? They've got three great wideouts, Jaden Williams, Jalen Gill, and of course, Dave Flowers. They've got some really good pass-catching running backs, too, as well. And then, of course, you got George Takes. Takis. i got to get his name right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we don't. I don't think BC went to the empty backfield very much with Jakovic there in 2020. But that will be fun. That's another little wrinkle. And, you know, multiple formations for BC, especially when you have Zay Flowers. And don't discredit Park, Pat Garwo. You've got a lot of different things you can do. And the more that you can 
uh, try to catch defenses sleeping or try to hit their weaknesses will make BC an even more dynamic offense. We're getting close to beach season here, folks, and it is time to have your built bars. I like my built bars because it makes me feel good, they're healthy, and they are good for you. And have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting brands. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow, and they're 100% covered in chocolate. I kid you not. They're delicious, they're good for you, and I love them. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're low calorie and high protein. Replace your candy bars with this, they're better, and they have a pro, uh, profile that you're not gonna miss. You might be saying, AJ, you're full of it. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Not gonna eat that anywhere else. They have some great flavors too, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, which is my favorite, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and they're coming out with new flavors all the time. And the only way you're gonna find out what those are is by going to built.com. Make sure to go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you're gonna get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. This is AJ Black, Locked On Boston College here. Thank you all who have listened to us all week long. If you have not checked us out, there really hasn't been much uh, in terms of games. So it's a perfect opportunity this weekend. If you're driving somewhere, go back and binge all of our episodes from this week. We talked about recruiting. I talked about the ACC being in trouble. Uh, we looked at all sorts of stuff with uh, with the football team, transfers. It's all there. Just start. go back to Monday, hit that play button, and enjoy. I hope you I uh, hope you do and, and take that opportunity. And if you like, if you're at home and you're watching on YouTube, you know, go do the same thing. It's a great opportunity to get all your Boston College news sent directly to you. And if you're on YouTube, please, 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 please hit that subscribe button. You'll make me a happy man. All right. So it's Mailbag Friday. This is one of my favorite new segments that we're doing where people ask questions. I give you the answers. And uh, you guys did another great job of sending me some great questions today. And the first question came to me on the Locked On BC Twitter page from Roll Eags, who asked, over under one legitimate across multiple services four-star recruit in the 2023 uh, football class. So I thought this was going to be a technicality, and I was already going to get you with one. thought Dottrell Jones had it, but he's actually a three-star uh, on ESPN and Rivals, so he doesn't count. Will BC be able to get more than one one uh, four-star recruit? I I think they're going to get at least one. I think that's fair. I mean, they're going to have Khalil Ali on campus, and I believe he is a consensus four-star recruit. He's a big one I think that you might want to watch for. He's a safety from Pensuka, New Jersey. He's coming, Pensuka, New Jersey. And all you New Jersey people can yell at me because I'm mispronouncing the name. Um He's coming on campus for a second visit this weekend. I think he's a big one to watch for. I'd love to see him here. But if I'm a betting man, I'm going to go with just one. So I'm going to kind of hedge it. So I don't know if that's selling uh, going on the under there. But, I, you know, I, I'm going to go with house breaking even here. I don't think they're going to get more than one. Just with the names that I see them connected with, they're either kind of four stars here and there or three stars. So right now, and I know that's going to bum you guys out, I'm going to sell on that one. I think I'm going to go under. I'm going to go with one four, consensus four-star if they're lucky. Rider224, uh, excuse me, on Discord asks, AJ, is it too early to predict how many true freshmen, uh, so too, too early prediction, excuse me, on how many true freshmen do you expect to play more than five games? And who do you think will be the biggest standout freshman 
this upcoming season. So I went through my list in my head of players that I think as true freshmen that will play a lot this season. And I got a couple. So true freshman Amari Jackson, I think will be uh, probably cornerback three. And probably, I don't know if they're going to put him in a nickel or they're going to have him on the outside, but I imagine he's going to easily break his, uh, use his red shirt up this year. I expect him to play in all 10 games, or 12 games, excuse me, kind of like C.J. Burton did last year. So he's one. Sam Candotti, their punter, I think he'll be another one. Um, I've heard he's battling Danny Longman for punter on the um, uh, during spring football. He's already on campus. So I think he could be another name that you're going to want to watch for. If Longman beats him, that would be tough. But I think I think he's going to get it. You know, he's an Aussie uh, punter. I've, you know, Connor Lighton was talking really highly of him today. I, you know, Longman is is what he is, um, but also a great TikTok star right here. But I think that Kandati will probably be that. And that's, I mean, in terms of guys that are here right now, like Jude Bowery. I mean, he could play, but I hope he doesn't. I, I bet he'll be on the two deep, but I don't think he's going to burn his his red shirt yet. Um, he'll be one to watch for and. Uh, you know, you get some other guys like Joseph Griffin the third. I he's not on campus yet, but I imagine he's going to play. Like he was a guy that was getting big time offers from Ohio State, Notre Dame, or at least looked at, and decided to stick with BC. I I would imagine that there's an unwritten understanding that he's going to play. So I'm in. You know, BC's going to need a lot of good receivers out there. I think Joseph Griffin will probably be one that you're going to want to watch for. And don't be surprised for. Uh, defensive end or defensive lineman that, that pops up this year. Someone like Quan Williams, again, he's not on campus yet, so it's hard to gauge whether he would be a guy that got, gets up that fast. Um, and with Chibuzi and Wuka back, I, it's a little tricky. He could. Or someone like Davion Crouch at linebacker. There's a bunch of different guys, I think. But if I was going to be a betting man, here's my, 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 my group that I think will burn their red shirts. Sam Candotti, Joseph Griffin, um, and Amari Jackson. Those are all my guys. And my freshman of the year is going to be Amari Jackson. Amari Jackson, I think, is going to be a, a superstar uh, this year at least. I think Sione Hall is in, in the future will be, but they, I think they're going to be all set at safety for this year and they can redshirt him. Uh, but I think Amari Jackson this year, watch out for him. I think he's going to be a name that you're going to want to watch out for. That Great question, though. Thank you. And then I had one last random question from Steve05 in my, uh, my Twitter Sorry, Steve05, and I don't want to give out his whole name. He, he went in my DMs to ask me, AJ, I've seen you eating those disgusting chop suey sandwiches. Are they really, do you really like those? Yes. So if you don't know what Steve's talking about, um, I've posted a couple pictures of, of the chop suey sandwich on my Twitter page, and people think it looks like vomit. But I'm, from, I'm a North Shore guy. I'm originally from right outside of Salem, and it's a sp- special um, feature up on the North Shore specifically in Salem on this in the Salem Willows. Salem Willows is like an old school, like really low grade Coney Island. It's got like a couple like amusement rides and some arcades. But they also have a couple Chinese restaurants that have these things like they're chop suey. But at these places, the chop suey can be had on a bun. And I love them. And I know they look gross, but literally it is cornstarch, um, bean sprouts and chicken with a little bit of um, water to, to thicken it. That's all it is. It looks grosser than it is. I will have it again this summer when I go to Salem for a block party for the 4th of July. It is like what I look forward to. And you guys can judge me because it does not look attractive at all. But I'm telling you, if you can get over the look of it, they are delicious. So pro 
chop suey sandwiches. Thank you for the question, Steve. If you have questions for next week, you can send them to me at any time. Just hit me up. Usually direct message is the best way to get it to me so I don't lose it. Uh, hit me up at Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or at LockedOnBC. In our final segment, I'm going to get into some news, including Joanna McNamee not going anywhere. But after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top four teams for the final four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. If you're interested in that Duke and UNC game, who are you leaning towards there? I, I don't know. I'm thinking Duke, but I was on Locked on ACC earlier this week, and I was kind of persuaded both ways, but I'm going to go with Duke at this point. Bet remain. Bet online remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. This is locked on Boston College. On Monday's show, we are going to be joined by Mitch Wolf again for Mondays with Mitch to talk about the NFL draft and anything football-related that's on Mitch's mind. It's an, a segment that a lot of you have talked about how much you enjoy. We're going to continue doing it. I hope you will join us then. So the big news item of the day was that Joanna McNamee, who had been rumored to be going to uh, at, to be interviewed at West Virginia, is sticking with Boston College. She had a great tweet that went out early on Thursday morning, and it read like this. When you each morning you wake up inspired because professionally you're on a mission, surrounded by good people who have joined you in that mission, and personally your children are happy and thriving, that's when you know you are right where you are supposed to be. Emoji heart. Hashtag for Boston. Eagle. So pretty much at that point you saw that Joanna McNamee was not going to West Virginia, and that dismisses all of the rumors that were going on. And you know what? She interviewed for the West Virginia job, and she should have. That is a good sign because she's a very good coach that is attractive to other programs. And she's from West Virginia. She coached at West Virginia. She went to school in West Virginia. She has roots in that area. It made perfect sense that they would look at her. Now, they interviewed her, and it didn't work out. But you know what? Who cares? That When you have coaches that are attractive to other schools, that tells you your program is viable that you have things going in the right direction. When Earl Grant's name is starting to bubble for South Carolina or Jeff Halfley is start, you know, one of the hot names in college football at different points, that tells you you have three of your big coaches and count four for Jerry York and West Women's Lacrosse too. That's five coaches that you have that are in good shape. They are, are, are you're going in the right direction with that. So that McNamee interviewed it's not like a uh a warning sign for this program. It's not something bad. And and as I said, I've seen people on Twitter saying that the people the people transferring from BC is some sort of signal that there's some discord at BC. That's nonsense, okay? It is not that's not true because as I said on previous episodes, this super senior thing that came out of the COVID year that where it allows other players to have an extra year and basically discounted 2020. It put schools in a bind with those recruit with their um, with their numbers because they have to now balance these super seniors that want to come in with their healthy sized recruiting class. So you saw it with Jeff Halfley. I'll repeat this again. We talked about this earlier a couple of days ago. 
you know, when C.J. Lewis, Kobe White, Ethan Williams, Jelani Galloway, you know, Joe Sparacio, Hugh Davis, this huge list of players enter the transfer portal, it was because of that. It was because Halfley had to balance his 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 roster, and now McNamee has to do the same thing. She's got freshmen coming in too, and they don't want to be buried behind a fifth-year senior because they're back for their sixth year. So she has to, like, you know, work to get these women into other programs. It has nothing to do with her coaching style. It has everything to do with roster management. Now, this is going to be a big year for her. This is a year where, she, you know, last year they were right on the brink of being in the in the tournament. They've got some talent to build around, obviously, with Manal Garad and Ali Van Timmeren. They've got some good freshmen coming in. Dontavia Wagner, it looks like she'll be able to take a big step up. So that, that's big news for, for BC women's basketball. Continuing that momentum with McNamee, seeing if they can finally, it's, it's been now, what, over 15 years since 2006 since that team has made the NCAA tournament. They came very close this year. Hopefully next year they can take that step. Now, this weekend, I hope, my plan is to go to BC to go to some practice, to go to the practice on Saturday. I've, I believe it's only media availability, so I don't think I get to watch practice, which kills me. Um, but there's also some women's lacrosse, there's baseball, and of course, anything else, we will have it all on Monday's episode of Locked On Boston College. Thank you all who have listened this week. If you have any suggestions, hit me up on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or at Locked On BC as well. Have a great weekend, everyone. It's starting to feel like spring out there. We made it through winter. Pat yourself on the back and have a nice cold beer. Have a good one, everyone.